Welcome to another episode of Let's Make It. It is Monday night, and it is time for Let's Make It. And this week, we actually we've been gone for a couple weeks. We had a couple. I had a family issue one week, then Bob had a family issue in the next week. Uh, and tonight's not going to be an overly exciting night either. Um, we've been both really busy. Bob does have something. I have a project, and based on what he's going to do, I've tried bringing some of mine in that I'm working on as well. But when I got home and plugged it in to go bring it in here, it didn't work. So I'll show you what I'm working on, and it might work later on. I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'll talk about that a little bit as well. Plus, I have a hexacopter sitting here next to me. We're going to talk about that a little bit during the show uh, as well. Um, it's been really busy around here recently. Um, I've been tearing apart the studio. Actually, this room is put back together for the most part. All the new lights are up. New speakers are all hung. You can't see what's in front of me. Sometimes I'll have to do a studio tour and show you but now this wall in front of me has a bunch more stuff in it um we changed the green screen wall around a little bit so we have more of it because we're starting to use that a little bit more um i decided i was out of space in my electronic what i call my workbench which is basically uh two desks put together with a shelf and everything on it but i ran out of space because all the stuff i've been working on so i moved it out of the room next door here took it out to another room i'm actually going to build uh, on an electronic workbench, and I'm going to record that, and I'll be part of it. Let's make it show. It's kind of, kind of related, so I figured it'd be interesting. I'm not really good with woodworking though, so it'll be interesting to see how, see how that really works out. Um, what Bob, when he shows up here, is going to talk about tonight is a touchscreen thing he's been been playing with. So I'm going to show you some things that I've been playing with. I have three different ones I've been working on. Uh, it, as I mentioned before, we're trying to find a better CPU. I think we've decided on, we're down to, to, to two that we like, and I've had a touchscreen working on both of them. One of them being the riot board, which I talked about a few weeks ago. I had touchscreen working great on it, but it was in, in a Unix mode. i now have put on Android and I can't get the touchscreen to work. And I tried it this, this past weekend and I haven't had time to sit down and to, you know, go back through that again. The other one is the Udu. And I have the Udu, actually, it's sitting here somewhere. Yeah, it's over here. I'll get to that, to the hexacopter, because it's kind of underneath of there. I'll show you that. There's a touchscreen for it, and it's actually really simple. They have made a special touchscreen just for it that plugs in with one plug, versus the Raspberry Pi touchscreen, which is what I was going to show you tonight, which is sitting right here, requires a bunch of extra cables, and it looks like a, a mess, but we'll go through that as well. I have a hexacopter project. I have the one sitting here that I'm using a lot, but I have the other ones underway. I have some some good video. Um, yesterday or last night, I actually modified the radio transmitter, so I recorded that, and now I added a segment down, and I'm going to start putting together smaller segments for the hexacopter things, and I'll start you know releasing them uh, one a week or something like that in, in the process as well. But I've been doing a lot more flying with this one. I've actually gone through, and I'm going to talk about that, some things I've changed since I built it originally. Um and there's a few things. I'm going to walk through some of the gimbal stuff that's on here as well and kind of show that as well. All right. So let's see. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start. I'm going to start on Hexacopter since Bob's not here yet, and hopefully he joins me shortly. So let me go to an overhead shot of the Hexacopter. And this is basically the equivalent of a DJI, DJI 550. In fact, you're going to see I'm using a lot of DJI equipment in this one. This one is not as much open source as the other ones that I'm building. So uh, this is a six blade, it's, um, a hexacopter, and you saw me take the battery off. This is a 5,000 milliamp hour battery. Uh, it lasts about 12 minutes with this with this, as long as I don't go try doing a lot of high altitude stuff, it'll last 12 minutes. It does use a lot of battery if I go up really, really high. 
Um, what you'll see here is a GPS and a uh, compass module that has to point, that little arrow points forward all the time. That's the direction it'll go when you get forward. And then down under this plate, which I'll pick it up here and I'll show you this way. You'll see there's a lot of electronics down in here. So there is a radio receiver, there is a controller, and then over here is the on-screen display. Where is it? You can't see that. It's over here. On-screen display uh, that comes down to a transmitter, which is on the other side. I'll turn it around here in a second. And let's see. If I bring it back up, you'll see in the back, back here, right back here, that's a Bluetooth module, which I just put that on, and I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, but I can like pre-program a flight pattern for it to fly via Bluetooth and then get other information back via Bluetooth as well. So that's um, that's how I communicate with it, although I haven't tried that yet. As I said, I just installed it. Everything I've been doing so far has been plugging in via USB. Right here, this is, you can kind of see it. Let me turn it sideways this way. You see that little antenna in the back? Or is it on camera? Right there. See that little white thing sticking down? That's the transmitter for the video downlink. It's uh, a 1 watt, 5.8 gigahertz. Supposedly it's a, a go up to 5 kilometers. Although, let me just say, I'm not quite confident enough to go that far away yet. Um, I've gotten it pretty far away, out of my, you know, almost out of my sight line, uh, and still can bring it back. The on screen display stuff's pretty amazing, actually, uh, what it can do. And then in the back, let's see, where is it? Over here. All that is is an LED on the end of the wing right there. An LED that gives you the status of it. So uh, when you first turn it on, it blinks different patterns. And then when it gets a GPS lock and everything, it'll blink, uh, I think it's like 12 times green. And it gives you when the battery's low and things like that. And then on the bottom, which you can kind of see it, there's the camera gimbal. So this camera gimbal has two... Uh, servos on it and it'll automatically keep it level all, all the time and then i can control the up and down part of it and then it'll it'll adjust the up and downs i go forward and backward uh if you watch the video you can sometimes you can see the landing gear on the bottom and other times you can't and that's because it's trying to adjust for itself in the way that it's leaning and everything so uh this one's pretty much done I, i've this is landing gear that is actually broken you can't tell it i hot glued it back together and i actually uh, you can maybe see right here it's some electrical tape holding this bottom piece. I got another one just like it, but this one works fine like that. It's very light, so uh, this thing is not overly light in itself, but they use a lot of light parts like this. The The gimbal is carbon fiber, so it's pretty light. So one thing so far is I've lost, see, well, I've lost two motors. There's two, this one over here and the one right over there has been replaced. Uh, they just stopped working. For, for what reason, I do not know. So I just replaced the motors. I don't know if the crash did it, uh, when I crashed it down or what, but I still have four of the original motors and two new motors. They're all the same size. They're all um, 1,000 kilovolts. The one thing that I did change is the speed controllers, which are on the bottom right here, which let me see if I can turn that upside down again. They're the white things that are zip-tied, like right, right up here is one. And those are the electronic speed controllers. And the ones I originally had were, well, they were working, but what would happen is when I would arm it, all of the blades, or two blades would spin. The other ones wouldn't spin until I went take off. It's a little disconcerting when you're not, all the blades aren't spinning until you're ready to give it power. 
Um, so there's some tuning that needs to be done with those, and I couldn't quite get them to work right. So these are actually made by DJI that for the DJI controller, so there's no tuning needed for it, and that makes it makes me feel a lot better. The other ones I'm still going to use on the open source ones. So this one's kind of turned into a D DJI, for the most part, uh, hexacopter. There's a few things in here that are open source, like the transmitter downlink is uh, open source. The receivers are open source type receivers. Uh, the gimbal is not a DJI gimbal. It's, it's an open source gimbal. Uh, but overall, it's, you know, very DJI-like. So uh, that's pretty much where this one is. The other ones are in middle of assembly, and I've been taking videos of those as well. Um, they're a little more complicated to set up. I actually am amazed at how complicated. There's the one that I really like with the feature set on it. uses really small plugs. I've never seen those kind of plugs before. And it's uh, quite complicated to set up. There's a lot of things you got to do in an XML file and then re-upload it to it to get things to work. Where the DJI is kind of all done through a, a USB interface and you select your options. So it's definitely a learning curve for me to figure out how all that stuff works. There's another one I got to open source that's very basic. So it doesn't do a lot of the things that the other one, the, the nice open source one does. Or the DJI, it won't do a lot of the GPS type stuff. That, uh, that these do. So there's some different levels of it, and I'm going to go through that as I build up the uh, the radios and everything. I also, I didn't bring it in, I should have brought it in, is I uh, kind of took uh, a screen that's designed to go in the back of a car seat, so like, a, like in the headrest of a car, and I attached another battery, a lot much smaller than this battery. It's a, it's a 13 or 11 volt. It's still 5,000 milliamps, but it's a lot smaller. It's like half the size of this. And I attached it to the back of the monitor with the receiver. So I have like a portable kit that I can just take the monitor out, put the battery on it, and I have my receiver. And also, I got glasses that you can wear that you can do point of view stuff, but I can't get them to work. I can't get them to work with anything. They're supposed to be able to work with iPods and, and any kind of video input. And no matter what video input I put into it, it does not, it does not work. So I have a support request out, out to them for that as well. Hopefully, we can figure that out because it'd be nice to be able to wear the glasses because. Uh, looking down at the screen all the time when you're, it's just it's a little hard to see. Plus, when it's outside and it's light outside, but the glasses have a nice cover around them so you don't get the glare of the sun. The receiver itself, the video receiver, has two outputs. So I could use the monitor and the glasses at the same time if I, if I wanted to. Or have somebody else watch. Because it, the on-screen display is pretty cool. It tells you how high you are, how far away from you you are, uh, the, what direction you're facing, what your battery level is. It gives you all this information. Uh you know, flight information. So it's it's pretty cool. All right, let's get rid of this hexacopter. Put it down on the floor. If you follow me on Twitter, you're gonna, you keep probably seeing videos pop up from hexacopter. Uh, that's just me playing with them. And now I'm starting to do a, do a lot more of it, you know, outside the house here too. So uh, my neighbor is, or my new neighbor is building a house. That, uh, and uh, she doesn't live close here. So I've been flying over it every day when they're done doing certain kind of work and we have like a video history of it. That's pretty cool too. All right, so let me show you the Udo, which this is the, we showed you the Udo before, but I now have a touch screen on it, which works really cool. Um, this is the Udo, and it basically is a dual CPU. So it, the same chip that the Arduino Dumel, I can't even say the word Duelma or whatever it is. The it has that chip in it, and then it also has a four-core AMR chip. So, and they communicate via serial interface uh, to each other. 
So basically you can run one, and this can, this can also run uh, either Unix or it can run Android. And I'm really leaning towards Android for a couple of reasons. Uh, as the more I've been playing with the Riot board, Android, first of all, Android is pretty easy to develop for. There's tools all the place for those. But the other thing that's great about Android is it has some service stuff in it. So you can set up a service in Android and say, this has to run in the background all the time. And there's no thinking about it. You just, when you write the program, you say it's a service and Android handles all that for you. There's none of the, no going into the cron tab or putting things in hit.d. It just does it for you. So the disadvantage that I'm running up against with Android is it's much more difficult, at least on the Riot board, to communicate via I2C. Now on this board, that isn't the case because the I2C is handled by the Arduino or the Antel chip, the same chip that's in the Arduino. So I can just send a command from Android over and then this chip will handle it, it handle everything as it is now. So if all the code that I currently have that I can do I2C stuff with will work fine uh, in here. I just got to do a library for the communication instead of rewriting everything like I'm going to have to on the ride board. But the ride board is really nice. I'm really liking it. And when I went it, with the touchscreen that I had for it, uh, it was really slick. You go into like the X windows and you could do a lot of things, you know, real quick in there. It was, it was, it was great. But uh, when I went over to Android, I lost the touchscreen. I can't figure out what's going on. So anyways, this is a single cable going to this monitor, which is a touchscreen monitor. So it's very easy to interface the board on the back. And the board on here, they just fit together with one one plug. Versus, here's a Raspberry Pi with a touch screen. Let me get that. All right, so this is a Raspberry Pi touch screen. I have to the Raspberry Pi off. It's sitting on my desk. But so you have the the monitor, and you have the touch screen overlay on it. Here's the four wire interface to the touch screen, which goes to this. USB adapter which plugs into the Raspberry Pi for input and then here you have the LVDS cable which plugs into this which takes input from either uh, the computer HDMI and there's two other AV1 AV2s right here this is actually AV1 but AV1 and AN2 are both on here so you have all this stuff to connect up then you still have the Raspberry Pi on top of that so you can see it's a mess uh, to get connected. This is also the same one I've been using with the Riot board because uh, I just took the same plug into the Riot board and plugged in the HDMI right here and it started working right away in, in Unix. So it worked it worked real easy uh, when doing things in Unix. It was great. But then when I decided to go to Android, I started running into a problem. So uh, I haven't quite figured that out yet. I was When I came home tonight, I got home late. I told Bob I'd be getting home kind of late. Um, and I went and grabbed this with the Raspberry Pi on it. The Raspberry Pi came up fine, no problem, but I couldn't touch the screen, which I don't know what I did wrong because I've been transferring it back and forth between the right board and it. So somewhere I messed something up. I don't know if I put these plugs on backwards or whatever, but I didn't have time to debug it uh, before I came in here. Oh, and you know what I didn't bring in? I didn't bring in the, the Raspberry Pi Model B, whatever the new one is. Um, I actually have that. It's not a lot different. I can't tell a difference in speed. Uh, there may be a little bit of difference, but it's not noticeable. The thing that's noticeable is the additional pins and the smaller, well, the different layout of all the plugs. And there's two additional USBs, which is great because what I've been doing with this is plugging this into one and then 
I generally have to have a keyboard to log in t to the Raspberry Pi, so I took the other port, and I have no other ports at that point. So the new one has four, which is great. Um, it's other than that, and the fact that it has more GPIO pins and a smaller memory card, uh, not smaller in size, but smaller physically in size, um, is the biggest difference. I don't. If you don't have a need to have that, to have the more pins, then there's no reason to to buy a B at this point. And I don't know if you can still even get the old Raspberry Pis. If you can, you probably can get them uh, a bit cheaper, which would be good. All right, so I'm running out of things, and Bob is in here. And I just realized I mentioned about tearing the studio apart <laughs> behind me, and my sign, my screens aren't up because um, I haven't finished that part of it yet. So. Um, let's kind of do a little try something here. Um, if you want, we can take phone calls now and we've been talking about trying on this show, but if you want to call in, you call into 877-213-8382 and, uh, we can take your call. Uh, I should have put that on the bottom of my screen down here. So, uh, it's 877-213-8382 and now we can put you um, live on the air. Probably should mention that in the very, very beginning. So, I also want to thank the folks at LMN Radio in Crofton, West Virginia. We're now on, um, oh, hang on. Body's got a thing from Bob saying he didn't have power. So we will be Bobless tonight, it sounds like. Um, anyways, we appreciate the people out at WLMN Radio for putting us on their network. Uh, our shows re-air, I can't remember, I think it's Thursday night, on the WLMN Radio TV network. And I can't remember what the day is they re-air our audio. Of course, in our case, um, the video is always going to be a little bit better <laughs> because uh, we a pretty visual show as it goes along. The other thing I want to bring up is um, if you have products you'd like us to try, we're trying to get more emails and questions, but that's also they're kind of changing and slowing down in some ways, and more questions are things about old shows. So we're, if you have ideas for new shows, things you want us to work on or projects you want us to build, uh, let us know. I have a bunch of projects kind of up in the air uh, right now, Hexacopter being one of them. Um, the desk the desk I'm going to, uh, or the workbench put together, I'm going to do that. Um, I have a GPS-based NTP server that runs on an Arduino. So uh, that's coming up as well. It's sitting on my desk, and uh, I probably could have shown it tonight, but I wasn't quite sure I was ready to, to do that yet. So I may be able to do that next week. So anyways, any ideas you have for shows, you know, please let us know. Any questions you have, please let us know. We definitely appreciate the emails. We're trying to get much better at answering them quicker. So anyways, as I was saying about the, before we had the uh, slight interruption there, um, a few other projects I'm working on is I'm working on taking a power supply from a PC and turning it into a bench power supply. So I've developed a board uh, and I'm still testing it and putting it together. I hopefully have that tested this week. And then I'm going to try to put some kind of case, nice case around it and things like that and make it available uh, as well. So those are, that's another project that's coming up. The other thing I'm, is I'm going to do a reflow controller. So I purchased a reflow controller um, off of, I believe it was Kickstarter or Indiegogo, one of those two. And I got it and it functions as it said, there's a few little bugs in it. Like it, after you run through one reflow, you have to hit reset, reset the whole process to do the next one. You don't, you can't hit go again. So it's a little bit of a pain from that point of view. The other thing is there's no way to mount it to anything. Uh, there's no holes so no way to put it on a board. So it just sits on top of the table and it just slides around. So it's, it's not a very nice, reflow controller so i have 
put together one of those. I had the boards. I got all the parts in it uh, just this past Friday or Friday, I guess it was. And I'm going to start testing that. And I got an oven. I'm going to go through the whole process of building a reflow controller as well. So that's another project that's in the works. I have a lot of video projects. Uh, I'm kind of doing them in segments. So as I work on a project, I record that. And then going forward, I'll be able to play that back. So just bringing it in here and showing you what it does, I'll show you the process of putting it together as well. So I'm kind of expanding that out that, that way. All right. So uh, we're going to be bobless since he doesn't have power. So... I believe our show is just about over for tonight. Very short show. Uh, sorry about that. And uh, next week we'll be back with something new. <laughs> like I said, you got a project, project or question you want us to talk about, uh, let us know. And uh, we'll do the live call-in next week as well since we had some problems tonight with streams dropping and everything. We'll have to retry that again next week. So anyways, everybody have a great week, and we'll see you next Monday night. For show notes for this show, contacts, and more, go to the techzen.tv website where you can get show notes for all of our shows. We love to hear from our viewers and listeners. We have an email, a Twitter, and a phone number where you can contact us for each show. For details, visit the techzen.tv website and get the show details. You can also make a video and upload it somewhere like YouTube or Vimeo and then just send us a link. You never know, you may see your video in a future show. You can get all of our shows delivered automatically to your favorite device by going to your favorite podcast website like iTunes and subscribing. Each of our shows also has a YouTube channel you can subscribe to to get regular updates. Our shows are also available on most internet radio networks like Stitcher and TuneIn Radio. You can also watch and listen to our shows on Xbox, TiVo, and Roku. You can even find us on your Zoom.